I'm still spending a lot of time at home, which has kind of become just a habit that I would like to get back out of. And last week, I got a Facebook ad for a Tough Mudder happening in SoCal in a couple months, which piqued my interest. I've done a couple of them, actually, and loved them. For those of you who don't know, a Tough Mudder is a running event with obstacles and with lots of mud. It is awesome. And it's awesome not just because I enjoy obstacle courses, which I do, but it was particularly awesome because of the unique spirit of camaraderie that the Tough Mudder organizers have cultivated. When you get to the starting line of your heat, each wave gets a mini sermon, honestly, about the spirit of the event, about how the goal, yes, is to challenge yourself and to have fun, but that it's about teamwork. They encourage everyone that if you see people struggling at an obstacle to stay and help before moving on. And people absolutely do. Some people, especially the stronger dudes, will hang out at one obstacle for 15, 20 minutes, just helping as many people as they can. Total strangers, people from all fitness levels, ability levels, backgrounds, all just coming together, helping each other to get through the obstacles. And people fall and fail left and right, and everyone just cheers you on and helps you out. I remember at one point I came up to this very obstacle, um, which is more of like a, a vertical, like 45 degree wall. And I ended up in a full on human ladder up along the wall, kind of like in this picture. I had people climbing over me, stepping on me. I was climbing over other people, standing on their shoulders. And when I finally got pulled up to the top, I got hung down by my ankles by a couple people I didn't know so that I could pull people up from the bottom. And honestly, it was in that moment, <clears throat> as I was being held upside down on this wall, all I could think was, what a beautiful picture of humanity. I felt my faith in humanity return a little bit that day. It was just um, such a beautiful experience. Now, I am not a paid spokesperson for Tough Mudder, although clearly I should be. But I really do recommend trying it at some point in your life. There's even a, a 5K version. Some people even just walk the whole thing and are really there for the fun of the obstacles and to experience the camaraderie. Now, the Tough Mudder, while in structure, is super similar to another event called the Spartan Race. They are very different. So I did a Spartan Race a few months after Tough Mudder. It's also a running event with obstacles and mud but a completely different experience. So this is the starting line, and you can already pick up on a different vibe. The starting line speech, it's not about fun and community, it's about challenging yourself and not failing. You got the ribbon to break through, to quickly set apart who's in the lead. And at the obstacles, most are designed to be challenges you have to do yourself. And most people are there to get through it as quickly as they can, to get their best time, not to help each other out and enjoy the experience. You don't run up to crowds of people waiting there to help you. And if you fail to complete an obstacle, you have to do 30 burpees as punishment. At least you're supposed to. I didn't on a couple of them, but what are they gonna do? And that's fascinating that you can have two events that are nearly identical in structure 
but the focus is so different for each one that it ends up being an entirely different experience. And yes, this takes me to today's scripture. So in this part of Ephesians that we read, which is a letter written back not too far past Jesus' day, and it's thought to be a pretty general letter that probably even circulated different churches at the time. Sort of a how-to-church letter in some ways. And we see this call to live in unity as believers, which tells me that clearly this has been a challenge from the beginning of Christianity. Now, of course, at this time, there was the added tension and problems of Gentiles and Jews learning to be in community together, which had its own host of challenges that I won't dive into, um, at least today. But I have to say, as I was beginning to prep for this sermon, I was feeling pretty heavy. I actually still am in a lot of ways. I've been feeling isolated in general in life throughout this pandemic and increasingly distant even from this community, in large part because of not physically seeing most of you, rarely getting to have actual conversation just about life. And then you add occasional conflict and tension into that mix, which as we all know, when you are in community with people, when you interact with other humans, this comes with conflict. So when I saw this Ephesians passage in the lectionary for today about unity in the body of Christ, I was thinking, yeah, that's the one. Okay, God, help me reconnect with that ideal because I am not feeling that. I've lost that feeling of unity and I'm struggling. And that's probably especially not good for a pastor within a community to be trying to operate out of, but that's the truth. And I imagine that many of us have experienced similar struggles. So as I began digging in, I was not coming from a place of, all right, let's do a little sermon prep, bust a sermon out, I've got this. I was coming from a pretty desperate place. God, speak to me. Help me come back to your vision of unity for your people, for what it means to be part of a church community. What's, what's the answer? What's the formula to get back to that? And in reading both the Ephesians passage and the John passage, something caught my attention in both. In Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, Paul is talking about some of the different leadership roles in the church and how each part is equipped for their unique role in the body. And that sentence wraps up in this goal, building up the body of Christ until we all reach the unity of faith and knowledge of God's Son. And I thought that was really interesting that he describes one of the ultimate goals, not as righteousness or transforming the world, but knowledge of Jesus. That that's not the starting point. That's one of the ultimate goals. And as I was looking at the John passage we read, the crowd is focused on very tangible things, food, wanting to see miracles. And with each push from the crowd, Jesus is sort of pointing out that they're missing the point. In verse 28, they ask, what must we do in order to accomplish what God requires? That's a really big question. And his response in this instance is not like other responses we've heard from Jesus. It wasn't give up your possessions. It wasn't instructions on what to do or not to do. His response was, believe in me. So both passages point to this goal of belief in and knowing Jesus. 
both mark that as the foundation and the goal. And maybe that sounds really Sunday school-esque. Maybe it sounds really evangelical or cheesy. But we've definitely seen this tension before. Mary and Martha, the doing versus the being with. And I just feel I keep being pointed in scripture and in prayer, the inescapable truth that the doing, the action, all the details that we do as a body has to be second to belief and knowing Jesus. That it has to come out of that foundation. And as I was reflecting on the other parts of the Ephesians passage, it clicked. Like That actually makes a lot of sense. How else do we become unified when we as humans have so many differences if we don't have a really solid foundation bonding us together that is bigger and more important than the details? And the first part of our passage in Ephesians seems to make this really clear. One body one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one God over all, through all, in all. And this is what unites us. This is what can unite us. God over all, through all, in all. And we know that scripture tells us that Christ is the head of the church. The end of the Ephesians passage included that, that we are invited and equipped to be part of it But I think that if we take our focus off of Christ at the head, if we stop looking to him for guidance, inviting the discernment of the spirit, and focus more on the nitty-gritty or what we want, our preferences, our differences, of course we won't have unity. And I feel I've lost sight of that a bit lately. I have been getting bogged down by the details of church policy, programming, keeping all the pieces moving. And then as isolation and conflicts and tension have risen, especially when I'm busy and I feel like I have to keep the pieces moving, I view these moments as things we've got to just get through so that I can go back to the work. And I get the sense that God is more and more pushed to the background saying, hey, Remember me? I'm the reason you're doing all of this. You didn't even try to invite me into that situation. Thinking back to the obstacle races, so the Spartan race being all about getting to the finish. Keep moving. Conquer each obstacle. The focus is on the race, the details, the action, yourself. And the Tough Mudder has that totally different approach. Some of that stuff is part of it, but that's not where the focus is. There's like this higher calling within the event that people are focused on that drives them to look to each other's needs. And their priorities and motivation are totally shifted compared to the Spartan race. Now, yes, of course, we do have to navigate details together as a church community. Policy, programming, how to operate. Although sometimes I wish there's a little bit less of it. And yes, God gives us different gifts to bring, and reason, and logic. And even if we might all be trying to do our best to keep Christ at the head and focus on God, we will still end up having different opinions on certain things. That's just how it goes. But my invitation to all of us, and maybe this is mostly for me right now, is to continually 
in humility, ask ourselves, what is guiding our opinions, our decision-making? Who is guiding? Where is our focus? Especially when things are hard, and even if things are busy. Unity in the body of Christ comes from having the same foundation in and focus on Christ as the head of our church. God over all, through all, in all. This is the way.